We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, hotties? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time in Matthew Sponauer and Theo Ash. We have a great episode planned for you all today. We're going to talk about some more draft prospects, really hit on the corners this episode. And then we have a few NBA topics lined up from James Harden to maybe some MVP talk. Should be a great episode. But before we get into all of that, Matt, Theo, how are you guys doing today? I'm wonderful. I'm uh, just in a good mood today. Um Love to hear it for no Theo. particular reason. Yeah, I'm excited to record. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm feeling okay, about average. Nothing major is happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on. I'm I'm also in a fantastic mood. So excellent. Just three <laughs> average guys, you know. Three guys having a good three day. Guys vibe. <laughs> I woke up an hour ago. <laughs> like <laughs> fair. Not, it hasn't had but, much opportunity for anything to go wrong. It would be bad to hear if you woke up an hour no. ago and already things were bad <laughs> for you. Worst day ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, as always, just a reminder for everyone to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Again, it's no one's birthday. Not really any holidays going on. Um, but the NFL Combine is coming around, so that's kind of like a holiday. And yeah, we would really appreciate it if you guys would subscribe to the YouTube channel. Keep helping grow this podcast on one of our favorite platforms. I say we just hop right in. Um, we're talking about corner cornerbacks today. And Matt, I know you're a big Sauce Gardner fan, but you know a lot of people I don't. I am a big Sauce Gardner fan. <laughs> uh, and a there are a lot of people who don't have him as corner one. So, some are like, saying you like that he's cornerback. Would you like to pitch your case uh, for him to be corner one? He's he's really good, <laughs> and very few players go and get catches against him. And I don't see I don't see why he wouldn't be corner one. But more more, more seriously, um, he's such a ridiculous player. Uh, you know, I got I was you know I got to watch him play in person a lot, and the way that defenses avoid him is ridiculous. And uh, you know, I know it's oh, it's AAC, it's not that highest level of competition. And there is some truth in that. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but it didn't, it never mattered. We played Notre Dame. They didn't want to throw to him. We played Alabama with Jamison Williams. And I know Jamison Williams got hurt, which really stinks. Um, but when he was, they would not throw over there. And the one time they did negative two yards. Um, yeah. It, and it, the funny thing about it is like, you got to realize that teams would not throw to Gardner 
And their other option was the Thorpe Award winner. It's not like the other corner was a dud. The other corner is going to be a day two pick. He's going to get drafted as well. He's fantastic. Um, I think his, I remember one play in the Notre Dame game that I have to go back and find. They throw up a pass on Gardner and it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing because he just moves into like the position he needs to be in so easily. It's like he didn't need to try to find the ball. Um, so I'm, I'm just, I'm really high on him. His makeup speed's ridiculously good. He's super quick. Um, and he, I, you know, he's six, three. So I, th- I think there's a lot to like about him. I do understand it's a strong quarterback class and Stingley's great and all, but give me Gardner. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Gardner as well. I don't dislike him. I have, although I currently have him as cornerback three, not cornerback one. <laughs> I do think that he is, could be good though. Cause he's, he's really good. And the, like the thing he was asked to do the most in college is the most valuable cornerback skill. Like it's not like someone like, I'll say Trent McDuffie for, for Washington is someone who did a lot of one thing in college, but it's not really the most valuable skill. It was like bailing at the line of scrimmage and dropping back into like a zone cover three. So on a, on a lot of reps yeah. you're seeing like, and especially in Pac-12 when they run so many like uh, fake uh, read option offenses. <laughs> like there are so many games where it's just like, uh, oh, McDuffie drops back into coverage and you know, the, the, they just hand it off or there's a read option and he just bails. There's no like man on man. Like Gardner is kind of the same thing where he did a lot of like one thing, but it was like, instead of like it just being like, Oh, roll back in a zone and not cover anybody. It was like, yeah, get in the face of the wide receiver, press him man coverage. That's what he was asked to do. Like, over. he did one thing, but it was, it was the consistent, it was the hardest it's, thing to it's ask the thing you like, to do on a consistent it's basis. The thing you like to see the most. So like being like one dimensional in his case is not like, necessary it's a good, it's, a good dim- it's the most important dimension it's like yeah it's like if a yeah. running back was one and dimensional he, might not he, even, he just it's just the dimension we saw the most yeah it's just like yeah that's like they probably he's probably capable he's probably capable of I, doing he more is, he is but <laughs> i'm just saying like that we saw like i'm just saying he's really good at the most important thing which is like kind of yeah. why i like it. <laughs> yeah and it, it's kind of it's kind of crazy because uh slot corners even a really good slot corner does not get paid in the nfl for particularly that reason i mean you'll see a guy and i know maybe that maybe this is the wrong way to judge a player but you'll see a guy with a really good pro football focus grade and this is pretty frequently um i forget who, who i'm thinking of um, bryce callahan but they'll get like callahan's a guy uh but they'll all uh get paid next to nothing. I mean, we're talking like $5 million a year type deal, even if they're very, very strong on what they do, because it's just not that valuable outside stuff. I do agree with you. Or I disagree with you on a few things about, about Gardner uh, and, and the sort of video you made about, I don't think he's bad in run support. I agree his tackling form isn't great, but I always viewed Gardner as strong in run support. And I, Cincinnati outside uh, had strong run support the whole year, I thought. Uh, and I think his frame is good. He's a little light, but the the difference between a cornerback being a little light and in a good spot is 10 pounds. Yes. And he's 6'3 with incredibly long arms. Give me that all day. We, you can you can develop him. I mean, he can put on weight. He, hard to get taller. Yes, that's true. I mean, he came into Cincinnati, like what, 160? Something ridiculous. He had that. Oh yeah, the Theo Ash. They had, had the Theo Ash NFL body type, where it's like six <laughs> six three wow. one sixty or something. Which is I was watching. I was watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I didn't no, mean no, to no. Go off, ahead. But um, I was watching the ECU game, and they had 
these side-by-side picture comparisons of them and how much weight him and uh, Ritter had put on. Um, so if he's put on weight in college, I know maybe it's a little bit harder in the pros once you sort of build out that frame a little bit more. Um, but I, I, I don't see that as that scary. It's hard to imagine he just fails in the NFL because he can't put on weight and that's his big <laughs> yeah. problem. But the combine is humongous. I, this is him. and the agility drills. That is, I think, the thing where I'm like, okay, he is six foot three. The other guy that I compare him to a little bit is Kair Elam out of Florida. Both of them are like six foot two, six foot three type of cornerbacks. One plays yeah. very upright and very high, and one really, really does a nice job playing very like low and with really like good like bend and technique and it, like. In every position in football, like you want to play low, like low man win. It's it's true. Like you want to be yes. coiled up. It's, you want to be like that is the one thing that like every football fan should yes. know. If you don't know low man wins, it, and it, it's like, not I so important for corner as it is for like defensive linemen because you really want to get under someone's pad. But like an explosive position is, you know, not standing straight up. Like you think of like a, a tiger or like a wild animal when they're about to pounce they're not like relaxed they get like real low like you just always want to be low you'll always 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 want to be low and Gardner like is a tall dude and he, he plays like kind of like almost standing straight up and I think that's kind of like a, a little bit of a technical flaw and sometimes when you would have to like flip his hips and like really explode out of that that stance um he wouldn't do it maybe as fluidly as like Two other tall cornerbacks, Kyer Elam and Stingley, really are that tall and also do a really nice job staying low. Whereas Gartner um, didn't had to it, didn't have to as much. So like that's yeah. that's really like those like technique things. I think are just a little bit like but, the fluidity. But I also which is why. But if he goes and he has a great like agility drills at the combine, then it's like okay, well then I don't know what. It, like I I also think like with with Gartner as opposed to like Elam. Gardner wins, I think, more at the line of scrimmage. I think Gardner is more likely to win at the line of scrimmage. Like I, I, I mentioned before, like Elam has a play against Jamison Williams where he loses at the line of scrimmage and then recovers anyway. And like, first of all, many most people are not recovering against Jamison Williams because of how fast he is. But like Elam has like the quickness of his hips, and maybe Gardner doesn't have that, but he wins so often at the line of scrimmage. He's so disciplined with his hands and his eyes that a lot of times he doesn't. He just doesn't need to get back. Into, he's already in position. Yeah, um, I, I just I just love how aggressive Gardner is at the line of scrimmage. He's just I, I love cornerbacks should be aggressive. I think it's I think it's yeah. the right way to play the position. <laughs> Quarterback should be um, insane. <laughs> this is why you got to check the Instagram for the vibe checks. This is why like we were, I was talking with uh with a Twitter user big time throws uh on on my my consultant for for prospect vibe checks and seeing if they clear it. Sauce Gardner has two pictures on his Instagram. They're both fit pics with the same caption. He's by himself and he's like just like just two fit picks with the same caption that it's like really cryptic. It's like, that's what I want from a cornerback. I don't want, I don't want you with your family. I don't want any cute pictures of you at a lake with your family. No, I want, I want exclusively pictures by yourself the sa- with the most cryptic caption possible. I want, I want you to be cryptic. Same thing with wide receivers. All the best wide receivers post insane messages to their Twitter all the time. Like cryptic, if, like... If as a... W- <laughs> 
That if you're not posting cryptic messages, you're off you, my board. If you, <laughs> as a wide receiver or DB, if you if you don't have a god complex as a wide receiver or DB, you're undraftable. You're undraftable. Like you have the men- yeah, you've got the mentality <laughs> of a wide receiver. One, Absolutely. you need a god complex um, to be a wide receiver. <laughs> Gardner, his his Twitter bio says empath. I don't want it. Like that's a point against him. I don't want any empath corners. I don't want someone who. I don't want someone who feels. Think, does his Does his bio actually say empath? Yes, his bio <laughs> actually says empath. Now this This is showing that he has that on off switch that's so rare in players where he's able to go out yeah. and be aggressive and attack at the line of scrimmage. But then he's also a sweetheart. I don't want any me. sweetheart corners. So I, undraftable. I I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, my corner should my corner should not be a good team at HB at all. Yes, I want. No, like, no I other prospect. I want Richard Sherman. I want Richard Sherman, where he's just like the worst. <laughs> I do. Um, yes. No. I want. <laughs> I want an insane person at cornerback. I want. <laughs> I want the most cryptic messages possible. That's what they should be posting on social media. Anyway, that's that's Gardner. The other thing. One other thing about Gardner is like, yeah, his run support. He's not like lazy at it. Like he he really does like try. He just tends to miss tackles and and not. Uh, look, look, man, that's maybe, maybe there's some truth in that take, but that one Jamison Williams tackle <laughs> will <laughs> forever not allow that narrative to that breathe. Won't breathe. But yeah, it's, um, it, that's like the only really good tackle I saw from him, but yeah, it happened. So, I mean, clearly, and that I wonder like what kind of, he'd be really good in like a Seahawks type of role, like the Seahawks. That's that's exactly what the I'm Seahawks thinking. The yeah. Seahawks started that like Richard Sherman, like what the Seahawks did when they were the Legion of Boom. Yeah. One high safety, that was Earl Thomas. One safety in the box, that was Cam Chancellor. And then really physical, yep. aggressive cornerbacks that like were big and long and maybe committed too many fouls, but they would just lock you up and like you could play cover one with with like all these great secondary. It was like Brandon Browner and and Richard Sherman. And like that is the type of cornerback that like the Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom was. And that is that is Sauce Gardner, right? Like that long corner, lots of press coverage, very physical. So I think like if Dallas wants a corner and he is happens to be I mean they're drafting pretty late, so I don't think so. Um I know that the like Wink Martindale and the Giants, again, is someone who runs a lot of man, or at least he did on the Ravens, like with all the blitzes he dials up. So if you want man right. behind that, like go get Gardner. The Ravens, go get Gardner if you're going to play a lot of man that's, coverage. That's my that's the team that I want him to go yeah. to. I, I want I, him to I go to the, him the Ravens. I him to Baltimore. Uh, that's what I would like to see. Um, Baltimore's I, a perfect I, fit. Yeah, if you're going to be a team that plays a lot of cover too, and he's just going to be like shallow zone, and he's got to come up and make plays in the flat cons- consistently, and you're going to play him like, you know, take away, carry, like reroute a guy, and then just stay in that, that like, flat defender like type of role i don't think he'll be quite as appealing to some teams because that's like asking him to like make a lot of come up and make a lot of tackles and i just don't think that's what he's great at so any team that like wants to run that like one to high single high legion of boom type of like defense um should probably be really interested in gardner and if so so you're talking yourself into well, I, I do <laughs> right now <laughs> i do I, look, I do like him i think that him and elam and stingley are, are do a really good job at being big and being good at coverage and then there's like mcduffie if you want someone who is in that cover too like if you're gonna run like someone who's gonna come up and like make a tackle draft one of the washington cornerbacks and if we're gonna talk about the combine they're t- two guys who are gonna really rocket up draft boards to come the combine because mcduffie and kyler gordon have like 42 inch verticals um 
that's another conversation I was having it on Twitter was, was someone telling me about how athletic, I mean, they look athletic on film and then you look at like their Washington pro days and they're like jumping like 42 inches and they're going to run like a 4.4 and crush all the agility drills. Yeah. So like those two are definitely people to watch as the combine comes up. Um, those Washington cornerbacks, because both of them are going to destroy, destroy the combine. They're going to they're going to absolutely light it on fire and, and come back with really high grades. So McDuffie and and Kyler Gordon, um, as far as the combine goes, I, I do like McDuffie a lot. Mc, McDuffie's a guy. I think what is he's five eleven? Yeah, five yeah. ten. I don't know. Yeah, he's like five eleven. My he does not look like it on tape. <laughs> he like he remind when I started when I first started watching Jahan Dotson, I was like, what is this guy like six three? And then I was like, oh, he's five ten, five eleven, and that was the exact same like thought I had with Trent McDuffie. I was like, Oh, what is this guy? Like six, three looks like it. And then he's, it's just like the way he plays. It's like, you're playing bigger than your size. It's the same thing. Like watching Jamar chase a lot of times. It's like, there's no way that guy's six one. Yeah. He, uh, McDuffie right. gets a lot of Jair Alexander comps, which I can see a little bit because he, he plays that fluidly and he plays with that kind of intensity. Like Jair is a great tackler. Jair Alexander, um, there's a play against the Vikings that he made, I think his rookie year that is probably one of the best cornerback plays I've seen where he blew up a screen and then like the wide receiver still caught it, but like the blocker was totally gone because Jair ran into him so hard. And yeah. then Jair like literally then digs. It was like ran all the way across the formation and Jair like tracked him down um, behind the line of scrimmage that whole time. So that's, that's the kind of player that I think like McDuffie can be um, again. Like I said, Washington runs a lot of like zone and not a whole lot of man. Um, and he has to bail like immediately all the time to like play deep cover three or whatever he was doing. So it was kind of a boring watch. And it's like, I don't know if I trust yeah. him to be as like good and man as Jair is. Cause that's really rare. And Jair is like one of the two best cornerbacks in football. But like, if you, <laughs> I mean, I mean, most corner tape, corner tape might be the most boring tape to watch. In my opinion, it is like it's. <laughs> it's fun if they play man all the because time. Because most most of the most of the time, nothing happens. If it's in a zone coverage <laughs> team, it can be really brutal. Like Gardner, I thought was fine to watch because he was playing man so much. And like Roger McCreary yeah. was a cornerback that I watched that played. I I, I really I really like, like Roger McCreary as well. I like Roger McCreary as well. Um, and he played a lot of man. This it's a ridiculous cornerback class, you guys. I mean, it's an insane. It's, there it's there so could deep. be like seven that go in the first round. It's it's really that good. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, and I've, I haven't even watched the, all the the first round like caliber corners. It's it's really really ridiculous. I was talking to a friend of mine last <laughs> night that's a Titans fan, and he was like, "Who do you who do you have the Titans drafting?" And and at first I was like telling him about how I had um, I can't remember the offensive lineman, but the more I thought about it, I was like, honestly. Like you don't know how you don't know if Caleb Farley's gonna come back and be healthy. And we haven't talked about Booth. I would. We haven't I even w- talked about Booth. Oh, we, oh, we yeah, haven't we talked have. about Booth or but Stingley. Like, the Titans low key wouldn't be bad off taking a corner. Oh, of course. And not. there's so many of, of them. Not. They probably get a pretty not. good player. Taking advantage of a good cornerback class would not be a bad move. Yeah, no, not a bad idea. I personally, no, Andrew Booth, Andrew Booth, good at football. Yes, he's someone I haven't watched <laughs> as much as some of the other guys, but like obviously there's that play i retweeted where he's literally like floating in the air to make an intercept. yeah yeah I saw so it's that. like oh how much more do you need so to see athletic. all right <laughs> really <laughs> that guy's good if he's if you're jumping that high you're yeah. good <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's like uh what is that like the is that trey waynes that made a play like that i don't remember Who was, who's the 
That sounds like something I think it was for the Mike. Panthers. Oh, Dante. We're, we're talking oh, we're about, Dante, about Jackson. Dante Jackson. Dante Jackson has some Dante of Dante Jackson. Yes, yes. Dante Jackson Not also Williams, has Dante some um, ridiculous jumps where he like floats a little bit and he's like ridiculous. Like I, yeah, the Panthers, yeah, I the Panthers reposted one of my uh, TikToks. Uh, on, yeah, 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 I remember that. Panthers, I remember that. It was cool. Posted one of my TikToks on Dante Jackson. But um, Booth is someone I've got to watch. Um, I was sick after watching Duffy film. I can't lie. I'm like, I'm going to watch some tight ends instead. I can't watch so much so covered. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I can't keep watching corner like this, man. <laughs> one more. I guess when I was watching the tight ends, I'm telling you that um, that the Ohio State tight end is so the truth. He is so 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 the truth. Um, I don't know what I don't really think the combine matters all that much to him because like for Jeremy Ruckert is who I'm talking about. I just want to say I turned that on the tight the tight ends instead. I'm going to be the number one Jeremy Ruckert fan. Um, so that's just I'm just going to say that. I think it's a good take. I like Ohio State just does not use their tight ends and they never have as long as I have been alive. But Ruckert can Ruckert play. Can play. He was the number two. He was uh, the number think, two tight end in his recruiting class. I went back and watched his high school highlights, and they are hilarious. They are absolutely hilarious. And you watch that, <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's what an NFL star looks like in high school. That's just what they look like. And then you go, he goes to Ohio State, and it's like, okay, like he's not getting used, but every time he does, like that's what an NFL like really good NFL tight end looks like when they do throw to him. Like, so yeah. the whole time he's looked like a high level NFL tight end, whether that be it in high school and then in college, but it doesn't look like he always has looked like an NFL tight end just because Ohio state doesn't use tight ends, but they just do they not use I don't their know tight why ends. He, it's, it's really, I mean, I guess he went there because you know, he's from long Island and there's, it's, it's Ohio, Ohio state, state and when know. they come calling, it's pretty tempting, but dude's legit. Yeah. Very, very legit. I, I got, uh, yeah, I, I, PFF doesn't like him. Don't so. care. That's probably because well, that's probably because pro. What do they know? Pro football fraudulent. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I don't know why they wouldn't like him. I I really don't. He he whiffs on some blocks. Well, sometimes. they have him at tight end three. They have him at tight end three. That's but like so his bad. grade's that's... awful. No, I, um, I don't even know how that's I mean, possible because he does not drop passes. Like for a company that should be like, you know not judged on volume but like what they do with it I, yeah. I i truly do not understand that one because he caught basically every catchable pass whether that be one-handed or unless you know, i mean below let me let me see if like his um because it might be like his run because if he's not getting a lot of targets and he's mostly in like blocking and his blocking stuff doesn't like show up really that, well that's as, probably it his receiving grade is simply has to be high i mean his whatever is catching grade, he catches everything but anyway this is not, not the tight ends episode like, i just wanted yeah, to say i turned off corners yeah, to watch tight i ends. can't find his receiving grade but we'll assume it's high. i um <laughs> the one the one other thing i'll ask you guys about the cornerbacks is how worried about Derek stingley's injury history very uh i'm i'm quite worried um <laughs> me too He's my CB one in in grade because because like on the film he is ridiculous and perfect and um, one of the best players. He was one of the best players in the SEC as a true freshman, and that's like a hard that's hard to do. Yeah, yeah, um, like forty years yeah. ago, this guy this yeah. guy hasn't played a full season in forever. Well, twenty twenty is Mickey Mouse in a lot of ways because how many games were there? Well, did he get her? I don't know. I don't know. Four. He had four. He had so 2019, 986 snaps, number one graded corner. 
Um, and then 2024 to 29 snaps last year, 154. Yeah. So I don't know. Over the course of all of his snaps that he has played, he has looked like probably the best corner. Um, but yeah, I would definitely be worried about his foot. It's a corner with a foot injury. They have to use those a lot. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's Yeah, I mean, and, and any <laughs> foot injuries are football. the type of things that nags you forever. As I mean, as someone who has broken their foot, I can tell you. <laughs> He's just like me. I'm, I would be no good at cornerback anymore. So I wouldn't. Someone who broke my foot. True. Matt used, but to I, be, I, Matt used to be locked down. I used to be locked down, and then I fractured my foot playing Ultimate Frisbee, and I was never the same. Um, but that's that's what ended Greg Olson's career. That's what you're seeing you know, Zion Williamson deal with. And I, those are bigger guys, too, which means there's more weight on the foot. And I'm not an injury expert. But consistent lower body injuries, bad. Um, yeah. So I do think it is something to take into yeah. account. Although he's a great player when he's on the field. It, it was a big reason why I was low on Caleb Farley last year. Um, it just did yeah. not he had a back sit injury. with me well. He had a back that, like, injury. That, and the back injury was more significant to me. I'm like, that's that's going to be really tough to come back from. And even if he does, I would be really worried about rushing him back. You have no idea when he's going to play again. Stingley, it being a foot injury... It's going to nag, but it's not nearly as bad as a back injury. But it was as a corner, I need you to be healthy. I, I desperately, especially if, if you're planning on being, if I'm planning on drafting you top 10, you, I need what to see What position one. do you not need to be healthy? <laughs> uh, the easiest, I think the easiest position to play through an injury is actually quarterback. I think quarterback is the easiest to play through yeah, injury because you can you a you get to decide when the ball is out of your hands right and b they get yeah. the most protection like via they don't have to like do anything I mean obviously it depends on like if if your throwing hand is broken like obviously that's tough but I think well, I yeah. think quarterback but actually like, is the easiest position to play through injury. Um, that's my take. I, I, I will say that like quarterbacks absolutely have, contrary to popular belief, qu- quarterbacks have a lot of control over how much they get hit. A lot of control. I don't think that's contrary like to popular belief anymore. I think that most people have started to accept. Co- In fact, I think people have started to ex- ex- accept too much that sacks are a quarterback stat. Because I see a lot of stats, sacks that are not quarterbacks sacks. So I, But I think that... <laughs> Yeah, anyway, keep going. Okay. Keep going. But yes, you do. No, you do no, get to get control yeah. because you do get to throw it away. I just want to say some some people are like really starting to be like, oh, sacks are a quarterback stat, which some of them are, but a lot of them aren't. I don't know. Some some yeah. stats, sacks are it, 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 It's dicey, but like, it's like, oh, how much do you get pressured? How much do you get sacked? How many of the, like, are you short? Yeah. Like, <laughs> anyway, stuff like that matters. You know, we're talking about a lot of really fresh cornerbacks. You know what else is really fresh? Hello fresh. Hello idea. fresh. Yeah. Hello fresh. It's, it's Hello Fresh. Stay hot's new fresh sponsor, Hello Fresh, and America's number one meal kit. You know, with Hello Fresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your front door. Hello Fresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why I said, you know, it's America's number one meal kit for a reason. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can just enjoy cooking and get to eating in about 30 minutes or less. 
Also, HelloFresh is 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. Plus, you get to skip those checkout lines. You can try their quick and easy meals like 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and 10 minute lunches in the HelloFresh market. Perfect for you if you have a crazy class schedule, an internship, or a new job. You can enjoy restaurant-quality meals for less in the comfort of your own home. HelloFresh's gourmet recipes like balsamic fig sirloin are over 72% cheaper than the average restaurant meal. So why don't you go on over to uh, HelloFresh.com slash StayHot16. Use code StayHot16 for up to 16 free meals and free gifts. I'm trying to get some more StayHot myself. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash StayHot16. Use the code StayHot16. That is the number 16. Do not spell out 16. Again, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. One thing, the combine is coming up. And one thing I'm interested Mm -hmm. is like... I would not be surprised to see the combine start to go the way of the dunk contest in a couple years. The, the combine, I was thinking about this, the combine and it almost happened with the, because they wanted the combine to be like a bubble. Um, and the players were like, well, we just won't go if it's going to be that. And then the NFL right away was like, okay, okay, okay. Then for mind. <laughs> and I think like, this is just a quick point. I think the combine like if you are a really good prospect, a really good prospect, I mean, I guess there's interviews and if you like just skip the combine that can make you like fall in the draft. Cause people will be like, Oh, they don't like want to work or they don't want to like show up. Um, so that's kind of why you have to go. Maybe not so much any of the on field drills at all, but you just kind of have to be there because it's part of the process and they want someone who like does what's asked yeah. of them. But like running combine drills, like, does that really help Aiden Hutchinson right now? Or does that even really help no. Derek Stingley right now? Like, does that, like, I, I wonder if, like, at some point just running a pro day where you're on your own turf and usually the numbers are better, if just opting to do that isn't, like, optimal for a lot of prospects. And I, I, I think the NFL is aware of this, and that's why when the players threat to just, like, not go, they caved so quickly because I think the the combines in a little bit of a perilous position right now where it could kind of become more obsolete in the next couple there, of years. There are a lot of players where if you go to the combine, the only thing you could possibly do is lower your stock unless you're like, unless you like know for a fact that you're going to like break the 40 record. The only thing that you could possibly do is hurt yourself by going there. And it's like, I'm work. I'm, I'm. I've started working on a video for the com- like talking about the combine because I think there there already is like a lot of you know misconceptions about what actually matters at the combine. Like real, like Theo. I know you you talked about oh if someone runs a fast forty time, <laughs> they're immediately low on my board, and it's like it's not that there's some truth to that. But a guy that is going to run a com- run the forty at the combine, knowing that he has the potential. To like run a four two five, they're like the biggest reason they're doing that is because oh they know they can raise their draft stock by running fast as opposed to just like being a good prospect. A good prospect is like I'm not going to run. Like why would I? Why would I potentially tank my like if Garrett Wilson? What if Garrett Wilson runs like a like a four five? That'd be awesome. Every good wide receiver runs a or four like, five. Not, not, <laughs> I'm just like I'm just like I'm not maybe not a four five. Like a four. Okay, what if like just like a four six? What if he runs a four six? That would be 
What if he runs a that, four seven? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> what saying if he's Jarvis Landry. Like I'm, I'm just saying that. Like the thing about the dunk contest is the really good players don't want to do it because it doesn't really matter, and it's just like all you can do yeah. is is kind of hurt your yourself and your legacy. And I do wonder, like with the combine. And I'm just like, we, we have other things to talk about. That was just kind of amusing that I had. It's like, I, I, I kind of disagree. I think Aiden Hutchinson has like the difference between the Jaguars taking him at one and like him going at four or something is like there are 30% pay raise. It's a lot of money. And I would say that if he goes and does well at the combine, wouldn't I, I would think that makes his odds better. We've seen we've it, seen how if he teams does really value. well. But like, okay, let's say that Thibodeau also goes and Thibodeau does even better. Well then that's but let's say Thibodeau like, goes and and he uh he does good and Aiden Hutchinson sits out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The, that wouldn't I be mean, good. either way, I, I I don't know. Either way, like I don't the know, pro day, there's not a the whole lot pro day, to gain. The pro day is what does it. Because Aiden Hutchinson could just destroy his pro day. And that is what is like, cons- like when it comes to the combine, it's like, okay, I could go to Indianapolis and do this, or I could just like, because last year there was no combine and everyone just did their pro day. And all the pro day numbers are b- always better. So it's like, I the thing yeah. about like, it, it would hurt, it, it, I don't think it hurts Aiden Hutchinson to like do all these drills. But I do think like, if you're going to have a pro day going to the combine where things just tend to be like a tick slower, um, I, that's the pro days are kind of what makes me think I want, but uh, I, I think it comes down to then It's like, what do the scouts True. think? Because if the scouts look at the, I mean, plus not every scout is at the right. Pro all day. the number, all the numbers are better. Yeah. Yeah. All the yeah. numbers are better. Um, but if I were to start talking to you about the 40 times receivers from last year, where there were only pro days, you'd tell me that, None of them really, those are fraudulent numbers because they're, they yes. are. And I think a lot yeah. of scouts, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't disagree. I do think it'll start to, I mean, you've seen it happen with bowl games. And that's a real game. Um, but you could also, uh, the senior bowl is getting more and more popular than ever. And I could kind of say the same thing about it where it's like, oh, if you go, you could hurt your True. stock. True. All right. This is not, yeah. I yeah, that fair. is fair. That is fair. It it does it does seem it does seem more superlative than like actually beneficial to the players. I don't know, and it's also really and also like medical stuff is at the combine, and I I, I honestly think yeah. like a lot of the combine, like the biggest deal is the interviews with and talking one on ones with the, the teams. Yeah, it's the interviews. That's what those yeah. those teams care about. The forty time is whatever, yeah. unless you do really yeah. bad or really good. Yeah. I honestly four point yeah, five for a wide receiver. Ideal 4.4, 4.5. That's the ideal spot to be in. If you run faster than a 4.35, the the hit rate is is non-existent. Trying, trying too, too hard. hard. If I was like on pace for like a 4.2, I'd slow up a little bit. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> we got to talk about some basketball because it's post All-Star break. We got James Harden's debut. We got Ben Simmons' uh, not, <laughs> not debut. Um, He's he is not, not playing. playing. Uh, uh, but James Harden, uh, per usual, made his debut with the Sixers. I believe they're playing as this is getting recorded right now um, against the Knicks. Right? Yes, the yes. I'm, I'm, are you watching uh, that? My guy, in the James Harden, man. Well, 
uh, a little bit. I've been back and forth. I try to. Well, th- they looked like a very dangerous team. For, they were gotten the bonus in like four minutes, right? <laughs> Against the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. which is not shocking for a Harden and Embiid led team. Um, beat a very good Timberwolves team. I would consider the Timberwolves to be like playoff contenders. And the 76ers um, shot a bunch of threes, shot a bunch of free throws, and beat them by a decent amount. And that is. Uh, 31. <laughs> yeah. 30. Yeah. So looks dangerous. Couldn't have asked for a much better debut if you're, you know, to go in and just like roll a, a playoff team like that or a potential playoff team like that. Yeah. Uh, couldn't ask for a better debut. I mean, yeah, they're a really, they're a really complete team. I've been saying for a while, the big thing that they were missing was that, you know, go to perimeter creator. They're kind of doing it by committee with Seth Curry and, and Maxi, who's good, but, probably too young for a title run as the number one perimeter creator. Um, but uh, James Harden is that guy. Um, now he always has been man. taking his foot off the gas a little bit with Brooklyn this year, but I mean, he's looked really strong his first two games. Um, and I think people forget how and James Harden was an MVP candidate last season. Yeah. James Harden has pretty consistently been, and now you've, you're putting him with Embiid, and the team's good at defense, and the spacing on the team is good. They've got a lot going for them. I like it. The one big problem, of course, is that uh, they should be more fun to watch, but there's too many fouls. Uh, but I don't know if they care about that too, too I, much. I saw um, a tweet today that was like, my goodness, just look how it was just highlighting just how much space adding James Harden created, where it was just like, all of a sudden, you're like Embiid's getting doubled and Harden's getting doubled. And you have like one guy wide open and one guy that's like pretty much open, but not quite wide open. And it's just like that. The Sixers didn't look like that before. <laughs> and Embiid, Harden, pick and roll is just so devastating because it's like there's, there's, too, just, there's too much those guys there's can too do. much those guys can do. And especially last year when Harden was like, again, Harden was the guy in the Durant, Kyrie, like. Harden lineups. Harden was the guy who became the facilitator. And he really like, he had like 10 assists a game. And I think he's like doing that this year. He's like averaging 10 assists a game while also being like James Harden as a scorer. So on a pick and roll, like yeah. you've got this guy who has become a really good facilitator, passing to probably the best offensive big man in the league who can, you know, hit a three, hit a mid range, hit any, any shot on the court. Um, and a, like a guy who in Harden who can hit any shot on the guard and is a really good facilitator. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you could fade like two. You could like, oh, it, oh you don't have to even way, roll. He's also he's playing defense right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, no. And like and bead can like fade. You don't know. Like he can take a step back and hit a three. He can go for like just it's yep. just a, yeah. a bead and Harden pick yep. and roll is just not there's no there's no good option. Like there's just nothing you can do right you're mm-hmm. gonna guess wrong every time and you just gotta hope they they like miss the shot man it's it's brutal <laughs> it's brutal and brutal, the odds brutal. that they miss the shot not in your favor no it's brutal well I, I, a big thing with them is like uh i remember i was watching this is a long time ago. i was watching a wizards game and got towards the end of it and they're just like we're just doubling and bead no matter what and with the spacing <laughs> you know uh with simmons out there this is a while ago. It's just that was your best option is to try to leave someone open or they'd put Drummond out there a little bit and, you know, maybe. And now it's just like when Harden's the other guy and, and Maxie's been playing so good and he, all of a sudden he's a third option. 
Um, which, and he's only getting better. He's Dibble getting better too. consistently. Like, he's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and it's just, they may need another year maybe to reconfigure a few things. But like I said, they still have ammo for another trade. They have other picks. And I would be not stunned if Maury, Maury was thinking about it this offseason. So I really like where they're, uh, they're at right now. Big concern for them. Staying healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Embiid is, you know, notorious. Harden was an Iron Man for a long time, but has been a little bit banged up last couple seasons. Um, but, uh, you know, who am I saying that for? Every single team. So maybe I'm just talking. But if they can stay healthy, uh, I mean, they're a threat to beat absolutely anybody. 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 Is, is there any? Is there anything that you think they need to, like, you know, you mentioned they still have a lot of trade ammo. Is there anything you think they could do in the immediate? Well, no, because the trade deadline's in passed. The, well, well, yeah, uh, not like, like in terms of like upcoming off season, what would they have to do? Like, because I assume you're not thinking they're winning the finals this year. Yeah, well, they traded away Seth Curry, so you could probably use, you know, a, another guard for some depth that that can shoot. Um, I think like when when Harden goes on the bench. Like, I don't know. I think like you could definitely add another guard to that rotation to, to like, I don't know, but I'm not even, who's our backup setter? Who's, I mean, I almost, like, who is <laughs> Willie Colley stun? No. Yeah. They got him and they have, I right, Millsap's more of a four, but I think they might play him at the five a little bit. Millsap um, is also, not I, but the thing is, is that they have <laughs> options, uh, that, you know, and I, I think Maxi. My my big thing was like maybe maybe they'll like trade Maxi for like a bona fide star that wants out of theirs, but he's almost gotten to the point where yeah, it's like he's not a like a nice young player. He's just really good. <laughs> he's just a really good player right now. Yeah. And why why trade him? Like you could, but I don't know what would have to open up unless you know, like Donovan Mitchell wanted out, and you could send Maxi and Harris and a bunch of picks. But I. I they have options. I think they're in a very good spot if they can stay healthy. I think so too. I think so too. It's it, we'll worry about the offseason off the, on the offseason. I do think like we're talking about NBA MVP, and this is like one of the closer years for a lot of things in the NBA, and one of the more like um, yes. Oh, it's good. This is going to be a good good postseason. Yeah, it's going to be really good. But it. um, I wonder like does Harden to Joel Embiid hurt Embiid's? MVP odds because like, oh, you know, you all of a sudden you're not as valuable to your team because there's another bona fide star there. Or are they going to end like the one seed, which maybe even matters more. And if you're the best player on like a really high seed, which Embiid probably would be um, in this hypothetical scenario that do you think do you think well, adding Harden helps or hurts his uh, MVP case? I would say it depends on how it happens. If Embiid is dropping 30 a night, and that team ends up as the one seed, I am not sure that it matters because he was also playing like an MVP before Harden got there. But if you have a lot of... Like, if Harden keeps getting triple-doubles every single game, like, Harden (laughs) had a 30-point triple-double in the opener. What's he sitting at right now? Okay, he has 17, 13, and 7. Yeah, ridiculous. So, if he keeps getting triple-doubles every game, uh, it could possibly hurt Embiid. I think that the Embiid is one of the most valuable players in the league. Narrative is pretty cemented, um, but it's such a close race that it might come down to something ticky tacky like that. Uh, the I, other thing, though, is that last year, Jokic won over Curry 
Firstly, because I, Jokic was the most valuable player in the league. But second, because of seeding. And this year, you might have it so where Jokic is now the lower seed. And I don't think, even if he is the most valuable player in the league, I don't think they can like flip back on that reasoning and be like, oh, well, last year Curry was too low of a seed. Seeding matters a ton. This season, you have the 76ers sitting at the one seed and the Nuggets sitting at the six and be like, well, we're going to give it to Jokic anyway. Yeah, no. So, yeah. I, I think that overall... I don't know. I don't know. Because Giannis, I think it definitely opens the door for Giannis more than anything. Because like the Nuggets, like if if the Bucks end as a higher seed than the 76ers and the numbers kind of hold where, where both Giannis and Embiid end with like ridiculous numbers. If the Bucks end as a higher seed, people would be like, okay, Giannis did it better had a better record with with less help is probably what the narrative could end up being at the end that's Giannis is the one who i think probably stands i don't know a, a narrative that i would i would I will, be worried about or maybe not worried about but i would look for with Embiid is like the fact that harden was on a pretty good team in the nets Right. They, you know, there were things that were, you know, discombined, but the team itself, as far as talent, was good. And you were, and maybe Embiid himself wasn't able to get that to happen. But the fact that Harden wanted to join you, Harden wanted to join you as opposed to, he, he probably had his pick at where he could have gone and he wanted to go to Philadelphia. I think that might play a role into, you know, okay, he wanted to play with this guy. This guy's clearly that's a good point. Maybe, I, maybe not the MVP. I haven't thought about it, it like it, that. No, it, no, it, that, that's I think true. It would help well, out a lot. Harden goes and picks to play with Embiid because Embiid's so good. I'll look at that like Embiid just got James Harden. Uh, that's like that's, a, that's, a, that's like a LeBron move, sort of. But I would say I would say this <laughs> is is James Harden going to the Bucks realistic? Even if he wanted to play with Giannis, no. Like, no. The there's, fact there's that they had so, Simmons like, as an yeah. asset <laughs> is the biggest reason this trade happened. Not because, yeah, like, yeah. Fair it is. But he has wanted uh, to go to. We're fi- pushing nerves yeah. here, man. The facts <laughs> don't matter. You're right. <laughs> the, if you want to know the real advantage that Joel Embiid has or has compared to the other two guys, he has not won an MVP before, and giving it to him would be. More interesting. So he probably will win it. And I I think Embiid has played like an MVP before. And maybe this is not the way to look at it. But I do think this is what maybe the voters will start to think. And it's always hard to give it to him because he always misses just too many games. And if you get a season, fingers crossed, if he stays healthy for the rest of the year, and it's a close one, and the other two options are guys who have gotten one before. And you have your chance to give him Pete an MVP that I think he has. I think he deserves. And it's not like it's not like it would be reaching. They're all very close. Yeah, I don't think I would be upset at them just being like, yeah, this one's going to be bad either. Because you know what? I bet on Embiid to win MVP. Giannis to an MVP and Jokic to an MVP. So uh, I can't, can't lose. lose. I can't lose. Can't lose. <laughs> can't lose. <laughs> unlimited money hack. Um, but yes. Unlimited money hack. My unlimited money hack. You know what else is, is an unlimited money hack? What? You know, <laughs> running fantasy with underdog fantasy. Yes, the 2021 NFL season is officially over, but there is no off season. 
over at Underdog Fantasy. And right now, you can draft a 2022 best ball fantasy football team in their big board tournament with $250,000 in cash prizes and $50,000 to first place. Which incoming rookies will you draft to make a splash in your 2022 fantasy team? Go ahead and draft your dream fantasy roster in the big board now, and that's it. You know, no waivers, no trades, no setting your lineup. Underdog will give you the optimal score each week. And get this, right now when you sign up with the code STAYHOT, Underdog is going to match your initial deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash. It's literally an infinite money glitch. So what are you, go- so what are you waiting for? Go check out underdogfantasy.com or their mobile app, sign up with the code stay hot and may the best drafter win is promising the listeners infinite money if they <laughs> sign up for this service is, is that <laughs> false advertising or listen if you do you it can't right possibly lose there's no <laughs> chance of that listen listen i'm not saying you can't lose i'm just saying if you do it right you you can't not yeah, win if you, if you if you win your if you win your bets you'll make money <laughs> If you just win your bets, it's like, don't be bad. Um, Another team that, you know, and I don't know how much of an MVP case he has, but another team we need to talk about is the Miami Heat. And the greatest uh, basketball team ever assembled, the Theo Ash East. (laughs) Over the Suns? Well, right now, because Chris Paul is hurt, um, they are the greatest basketball team ever assembled. (laughs) For the moment, they're the greatest team of all time until (laughs) Until Chris Paul gets back. I I mean, I don't think... No one on that team really has an MVP Bam case. does. Really, it's just like... <laughs> Don't care. I love Bam out of bio so much, man. I love Bam. Look look, look for Tyler Hero to get a stray MVP fifth place vote. <laughs> Listen, man, um, we did... Anything is possible. We did like the crowdsource quarterback rankings. Gotta, and there were like... I, we, need, we do need to release those. But I, I had it set up so you can... You don't have to like... You can vote for the same player for every ranking. Um, and I didn't think about maybe that. Maybe we should redo so it. So a lot of people, <laughs> maybe we no, should dude, redo like, it. Yeah. But 50, there were like <laughs> 50 people. quarterbacks. I think they're all <laughs> Mac Jones. No, literally Mac Jones got like 50 first place votes. Yes. I, was, I saw, <laughs> I saw. Well, can we go through them now? Would you guys mind doing that? I think we should do that on a future. I think we should talk about the heat because we're almost out of time. And then okay. in the, yeah, the next episode, enough, enough, maybe, but the heat, bam and a bio. <laughs> Of all the set, there's a question that's like, oh, who are the centers that you would take? It's like Cat, Bam, and like Aiton, I think, are like the three that I've seen like posed. I think Bam is the best center there. I love Bam Adebayo. I think like the thing that he does, on, like him on defense is so, so, so impact. Like his body type and his effort and his IQ is like one of the most valuable like defensive pieces in the league. Out like I would take him on defense over just about anybody. And uh, you know, he's he's good on the the offensive end as well. And it's like again, I've I don't know what to say about the heat that I haven't said already. It's like they put together a, t- a t- just a bunch of smart guys. And when that happens and it's a close game in the fourth quarter, you are going to win the game because you just have a bunch of like basketball experts on your team that can like just know how to win games. They just know how to win games. I don't know how else to describe it. You just put together Spolstra, like the biggest assholes in the league and like Kyle Lowry and like assholes. I mean that in a very endearing way, but like Butler and Lowry and then like bam on the defense and surround like it's just the the. It's just a smart team that just they just know 
how to win basketball games. Like, and none of them are washed. And, and, and that, that's a great point. I think the big thing that people have a problem with Miami right now is like, well, where's, where's their closer. And that's, it's kind of a fair thing. It's like the best player on the heat is a top 10 player. I don't know. I don't think so. I would say, I I think a lot of people would say Jimmy Butler isn't there. Um, so, you know, you see a lot of other teams. So the Nets have Kevin Durant and, the, you know, Embiid, whoever else, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm Embiid saying. Or, yeah. yeah. But these Giannis. these guys, I understand that maybe it's more closeout games by committee. But if you have two extremely seasoned vets and Jimmy Butler who can close out games and Kyle Lowry. And on top of that, you do have a guy who can go get a bucket. And Tyler yeah. Hero. Now it's a lot of pressure for uh, for him, and you know he's been a little bit up and down, you know, the last few years. But uh, we saw in that 2020 playoff run, he was hitting big shots. So I think that you know, with another couple of years under his belt and with that playoff experience under his belt, I honestly think that them closing games might turn around and be a strength for Miami, just because of the makeup of their team. Uh, even though they don't have you know a KD. Uh, rather than a weakness, like like a fair amount of fans think. Yeah, no, they they definitely don't have a yeah they don't have a guy who can rise up and you really trust to hit like a a turnaround J deep two then it goes in anyway like like Kevin Durant versus the Bucks I think of that one when his foot was on the line and it was a two instead of a three um, but like a shot like that they don't have a, like there's not that many guys who can hit that shot or like LeBron in the all-star game, like just hit an impossible shot to like win the game. They don't have a guy who can do that kind of thing, but you don't like, there are other ways to get a bucket other than that. Right. Like, I don't know. Like you can, they can manufacture in, in, in open shots. So um, I don't know. I think that they're fine. They're the number one team in, you know, the East right now. I think by seating, it changes every day. So maybe, maybe by the time you hear this, it'll change again. But Again, the Heat are a team I have been singing the praises of, and I've loved the makeup of their team since the beginning. Um, they've done nothing but win so far, and um, you have been riding the Heat. I have been riding. I've been a day one Heat fan, um, and the way they built their team. So, yeah, Heat Heat right. rock, and I, I'm a big fan of, of theirs. So, <laughs> I've, again, I talk about it like all the time about how much I love how they built their yeah. team, but it's it hasn't changed. Nothing's changed. Fair. They're baller. You're taking your victory. They're baller. You're more than allowed to do that. Um, Not a baller is James Harden, though, of course. But I think that wraps things up. We want to talk about the the crowdsource stuff on the next episode. I am going to post the poll for the running backs. Um, I'll do running backs and receivers this week. And I'm going to fix it so that you can only vote for one person one time. I didn't think the... the quarterback list turned out to like it did even out we got a lot of responses it, it, it turned yeah it ended up being okay because most people took it seriously but there are a couple um, weird results were, it's like who voted for Tua as the best wide receiver in the league guys come on show yourself <laughs> oh dolphins fans oh <laughs> one more thing before we i might do i gotta do this for basketball players yeah, that's a good idea I'm going to, I'm going to do that. We should do that. Dolphins fans are mad at me. One sec. Let me go on one last rant. Okay. The dolphins (laughs) could suck next year. Okay. The dolphins could really suck. I swear to God, they're one in seven, right? One in seven bad team. Everyone knows it. They then play like the murderers row of the easiest quarterbacks in football. And they end up having a respectable season. Then they fire their head coach. Who's widely regarded as like very good. And I think he was very good. Um, and they hire a guy who's like very run heavy, under under you know like 
on a team that like cannot really run the football. So maybe he just like makes that a big strength or maybe like it just doesn't work. It's one of those two things. And all the Dolphins fans, when I said this, were like, I'm not listening to you because of your Bengals take. Look, you know, one of my, my history on Dolphins takes was calling to a, a bust before he ever played a game. That's aged well. And then they like went through their whole season and they, they missed the playoffs despite having a decent record. I then called them overrated until the draft when they drafted Jalen Phillips, my edge one, uh, Javon Holland, who is my favorite safety and Jalen Waddle, who is the second best wide receiver. After they had that draft, I was like, okay, I predict them to win. They, they'll, they'll go nine and eight. They will go nine and eight. They're no longer overrated because they drafted all my favorite players. They'll go nine and eight. What happened? All the dra- their rookie for, like draft picks went like turned out, and they went nine and eight. So I've had a bead on the Dolphins this whole time, and all, still all the Dolphins fans don't believe me. That's my rant. That's how I'm going to close out the show. I've been good at predicting the Dolphins. That's a great close. All right, that's all. Okay, great close out, Theo. Great outro. Great outro. All right. <laughs> As always, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Tons and tons of content coming away on all platforms. We will be back Friday. More NBA content. More. Uh, pro- oh, the NFL Combine will be probably be going on at the time that we are recording. So we'll talk about episode. that a little bit too. We'll, we'll talk about that. You know what has happened thus far. Don't miss out on all the great content. Make sure you all uh, call in for the Stay Hot shoutouts. We want to get more of those. So we can start, um, you know, for the NBA. We know we have some NBA fans here. So, you know, whatever games you're listening to, make sure you call them for the Stay Hot shoutouts. And as always, from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you all on the flippity flop.